On this month's show, we're talking about new Washington licensing fees that are ahead of inflation. How about making last-minute plans to ride through Mexico on an Aprilia? And what you need to know about the Isle of Vashon TT ride this year. It's all coming up on this month's episode of the Sound Rider Show. Support for the Sound Rider Show is provided in part by I-90 Motorsports, your Eastside destination for Honda, Yamaha, Triumph, KTM, Suzuki, and Can-Am sales and service. Does your taste for outdoor fun go beyond two wheels? I-90 Motorsports has you covered with a wide range of sleds, watercraft, UTVs, and side-by-sides, too. Check them out online today at i90motorsports.com. This is David Christensen with Tucker Rocky. Welcome to the Soundwriter Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Soundwriter Show. A candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin and whoever else happens to drop by today. Welcome, riders from around the sound, around the Pacific Northwest, around the globe. You are dialed in to the August edition of the Soundwriter Show. And I'm here with Jen. Hey. Oh, and my name is Tom. <laughs> it takes me a while to remember my name sometimes. Right. Hello, my name is. You need one of those stickers? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, it's August. It's hot. Finally. Been doing much riding in the heat? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, we went up to... Uh, Dusk Point up in the Olympics last weekend, and boy, was it toasty hot up there, and there wasn't much shade <laughs> once we got up to Dusk Point. No, not when you um, get on top there. I love right? that. I, you know, I can see that outside my window. Oh, you can? Oh, yeah. I should have waved. I was probably too hot to wave. I was just trying to figure out my exit strategy. See, now you got me hankering for a dual sport bike again. Yeah, it was fun. I don't think I'd be taking my uh, NC seven hundred X up there. You sh- yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. The there was uh, there were a lot of um, uh, loose, lots of loose gravel. You know, kind of uh, marble size, and uh, <laughs> it took me the whole ride in to just get uh, get get a feel for the traction or lack thereof, and ended up letting more air out of the tire, and then was uh, yep. much better coming out of there. But boy, and, and wait, we had lowered our, our uh, tire pressure before we went in, but it wasn't enough for the conditions. Huh. <laughs> so yeah, was, last time it, I was yeah. on, well, not the last time I was on Dust Point, but um, I guess the first time I went to Dust Point was in 2005. And uh, I was riding with several people. One of them was Herb Gadrow, and uh, Herb had an old... Honda Ascot bike. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's and it fun. had the little window where you could see the oil in it. <laughs> sure, yeah. And when we got to the top of Dust Point, the oil was boiling. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. You know, for me, when when I do, when I'm in low traction situations or, or uncomfortable, I tend to be in first gear more than I should. Um, and I, I did a really good job this time of staying in second gear um, on the KLR more than I normally would, which is great because when I'm I spend too much time in first gear, it really burns oil. <laughs> so oh, yeah, I managed to clutch get up too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I managed to get out of there with a without having to replace a whole lot of oil. <laughs> so, mm. so that was nice. <laughs> but yeah, it's toasty. There's lots of it's pretty overgrown. So if you head up that way, be prepared to uh, get smacked in the face with um, uh, lots of branches. Uh, you can get through. Uh, but uh, you're definitely going to be uh, close to the trees. But the, and, the Forest uh, Service hasn't been in doing their hedging, huh? No, and I, I'm not <laughs> sure if they do that much on that particular trail. We've tried to get up there in a 4x4 four four vehicle, and it's, it's just too overgrown. So I, I kind of think it might always be like that. I don't know. Have you been in through there when it's been clear? <laughs> well, the way it works is unless they're going to uh, sub it out for logging, Mm-hmm. then they're not going to go in and do much stuff on it. And they kind of rely on the 4 by 4 community uh, to sure. maintain those roads. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, that particular section, that last little section up to, to desk point uh, would be a fair amount of work. And, and I could see where they wouldn't have much incentive to do it. Um, the well, other, just know, going we, in like, from yeah. the main road there is, is pretty mm-hmm. bushy in there. Yeah, so 23 was in good shape. We went in, I think, on 2230. It's like a left turn before you get to Vance Creek. And and that was, you know, there were a lot of trees down. Most of them were small enough. You know, there wasn't any, there weren't any issues of having to hop over logs or any of that kind of stuff. But um, there were, there were sections where the trees were, um, you know, stabbing into the one whole lane of the road to where if you were in a four by four vehicle, you wouldn't have enough room to get around. But on a motorcycle, you had a you know a single uh, tire track lane through there, and yeah. uh, you could get by. But boy, there were a ton of trees down on that road, and and uh, lots of messes there. I, I will say the ruts in the potholes were were really mellow, so um, it was mostly just an issue of because it hadn't super- been raining, right? So yeah. it was just a matter of super loose gravel, and and if you could. Get her, get through that, <laughs> then um, that, and and then the trees smacking you. Then, then no, then it was a uh, no problem. But yeah, when I used to, there. I used to run dual sport rides over on the Olympic Peninsula now and then. And I had mm-hmm. a friend, uh, his name was Jerry, and uh, I used to call up Jerry and say, "Hey, can you go and and pre ride this route that I have?" <laughs> and I'd send him the track. Nice, yeah. And the next thing I know, he's sending me back photographs of him with his chainsaw. He would carry sure. a chainsaw on the motorcycle and right. go clear nice, out all nice. the debris so nice. we could have a nice little Sunday ride. What a nice guy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we've looked at maybe getting, you know, a little electric chainsaw or something. We could sometimes carry a pole saw or a you know, a smaller handsaw with us, but uh we haven't upgraded to chainsaw yet. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> You just can't decide between the 18 volt or the 40 volt. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the the Labor Day sales. Well, I haven't been riding much because I, I really don't like to get in the heat. Um, I, you know, I do really good in the heat if I'm doing yard work and I'm breaking a sweat and I got that evaporative sure. cooling going on. But right. uh, just sitting on the bike, unless I'm wearing an evaporative cooling vest, uh, it, it tends to heat me up. And uh, yeah. So we I don't do as toasty. much riding in the heat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was wasn't the best idea necessarily. You really you really have to know you're going to um, uh, suffer some <laughs> in that kind of heat. But I have been out hunting down cafes for cafe to cafe for next year. Nice. Oh, that's cool. How's that going? Uh, it went really well. Um, we went up to Penticton, Canada. And uh, did some poking around between Penticton and down below, closer to Asoyos, found several really nice cafes. Awesome. That's yeah. exciting. Um, That's so cool. So I think that we'll be back into Canada finally with the Cafe to Cafe in 2023. Excellent. Yeah, that's great. Because I've kind of left it out the last few years, obviously. Couldn't even go sure. in for a while. Right. Um. There's a, a favorite little one I have up in Kelowna. It's called Bouchon's. It's a French restaurant. And uh, my friend Bob used to go and pre-ride the road trip tours with me. And uh, one, 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 on one particular road trip tour that we pre-rode, he said, hey, Tom, you know what? I'm going to buy you dinner every night. And I said, really? <laughs> sure. Uh, and, and, and does that include my drinks? He goes, yeah. <laughs> well, so it was Wednesday we got into Penticton, and I said, uh, we're going to Bouchon's. Do you need to check your 401k? <laughs> <laughs> I got a little loan. We ended the trip up on Thursday night in uh, Whistler at Araxi. Okay. So I bet I was about a $1,000 date that week. Oh, wow. All right. Live <laughs> it up. Yeah. So what do you have a favorite at Bouchon that you uh, a favorite dish that you get there? Well, I haven't been there since since that trip, so Gotcha. Okay. And I'm never very good at remembering what I eat, but I think <laughs> I might have had like a like a pork chop or something, like a French sure, type sure. pork chop. Yeah. I, I know it was savory, whatever I had. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, then there's lots of great rides, uh, roads around there, I would assume too. Yeah. Yeah, there are. There's um uh all the roads back behind uh, 97 out to the east of there. 
Uh, there's all kinds of uh, nice little roads, but uh, you know, seriously, in Canada, there there really aren't that many roads that go all the way through. So you're kind of stuck sure. to the roads with numbers and not so much okay. with names. But uh, up in uh, up in Penticton, uh, anybody going up that way, check out the Green Mountain Road. Hardly anybody ever drives it, and it's a great little shortcut between uh, Highway Three and Penticton. Awesome! That sounds fun. So. So you've been out uh, out and about at a couple of shops. Tell me what's going on. I have, yeah. So uh, we mentioned on the last uh, episode that uh, what was formerly known as Cliffs in Bremerton is now southbound. And um, I went in there and uh, just to check it out. And uh, I did find out that the, the prior owners of Cliffs did retire. Um, but they hung around for three or four months to help with the transition. And it sounds like everybody had a super fun uh, experience and a great time doing that. And, and <laughs> a comment was made that, you know, that, that they, uh, that the former owners had, a you know, really enjoyed being able to help with that transition, but be absolved to some degree of all the responsibility of it. So it takes the, you know, the pressure off of owning a business to where you can just do the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, so they really um, enjoyed that. Um, I asked about the staff, if there was much um, change in staff. And they said that, um, you know, the folks that were there uh, at Cliffs at the time of, of the uh, owner's retirements, most of them stayed on. Um, I, they kind of implied within that was that maybe, you know, over the past couple of years, some people have have left, um, which, you know, I don't know if they I don't know, you know, it just, you know, when I because when I asked that question, they said, well, if they were here, then <laughs> at the transition time, they're still here. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so so they but boy, it was busy. Uh, they had, you know, boxes and crates coming in in the out that they were dealing with out in the parking lot. They had used bikes that they were, you know, still trying to get ready. Uh, just lots of activity in there, you know, but, but at the same time, I mean, everybody was super busy, um, but they were very attentive and very engaged and the energy was just so positive and fun and everybody just seemed to be having a great time. And so um, it was, it was nice to hang out in there and look around. Um, I will say, you know, even I asked a bunch of questions and, you know, I'd get a, uh, I'm not sure, but I've got to go do this one other thing, but I'll be right back and come back. And, you know, so they, they were, you know, they were getting, stuff done but also not not uh, neglecting customers by any means what lines do they currently carry so they've got ktm there they've got husqvarna they've got kawasaki they've got polaris they have suzuki and then they've got the the ko the cf motor stasix and slingshot um and i will say that in you know on their floor they had a decent number they had ktms there were a couple models that were missing um they, you know, they had the Kawasaki's in there, but again, it, you know, it's mostly um, the the dirt bikes. Um, they 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 didn't. There's, it's not. I won't. They're not packed to the gills with new bikes. You know, like yeah. You expect they would be. So there's some things missing, right? Um, and then they had a, you know, they had more used bikes than I expected. They had a a couple of um, GSX um, 600s. They had some KLR. They had a used KLR, a used new KLR, <laughs> and then they said they had some some new cut KLRs they were expecting to come in. Um, and and in that regard, they said you know um, the the setup and freight fees for people buying new bikes are even tougher to swallow now because they're adding on fuel surcharges. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, they had, you know, they had quite a few used bikes. They were still getting a lot of them ready. Um, so I couldn't look at all of them, but, but, but I did sit on the KLR again and I've done a test ride on the, the new KLR. It's been a while, but it felt really heavy. Um, and I know it's maybe only 20 or 30 pounds heavier, but, um, that Those got me doggone thinking, disc brakes. I tell you, I, right? that's the thing. I, it, well, and this one was fitted with, it had some, uh, the, the, um, uh, the rear, the the uh, hard case on the rear, and then uh, I don't know. It might have had some other, uh, you know. It was the I think the touring version it had of eight, it. Eighty five pounds of fuel injection. Right, right, exactly. Well, you know, it got me to thinking. I thought, you know, when I replace my KLR, maybe I'll get a KLX three hundred or something. Maybe I'll downgrade to something smaller because I just not excited about going any heavier on a dual sport. Oh no. Uh-uh. 
but yeah, no, it was it was fun in there. They they had a really good energy. I think um, uh, you know they're busy. They looked like they had a lot going on. They had a, you know a good range of bikes. All things considered, with the supply chain issues, um, and uh, yeah, they were just having a great time in there. And then you popped over on the other side of town. Give us a story about that. Yes, and then we went into Brothers. Um, you know, my husband has the the T seven hundred. We took that in for its first service, and um, they. I was in there a year ago, <laughs> when before the rally in the gorge, and I think I just popped in there to get a um, uh, you know a USB adapter. So so it's been a while since I've been in there, and since then, um, their showroom has been remodeled, and it's all Triumph. Um, in the, you know, in the entry area. So that's all, uh, they've got new flooring and, and new, um, just, it's all laid out differently. Um, then they have gas, gas bikes in there, and then they have a whole huge section now for Indian motorcycles. And, um, you know, what, obviously when a dealer agrees to, um, you know, to represent those brands, they have to have certain layouts and, uh, you know, a certain amount of space. And so there were areas for, you know, sitting down and lounging and, um, you know, they had, uh, again, new flooring looked really nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, uh, they had a couple Ducatis inside, but you know what that means. So, uh, you know, before. Prior to this, uh, with having Triumph and, and Indian in there, and I had Indian in there uh, when I was in there before. But anyway, having the Triumph and, and Indian basically dominate their showroom space meant that the, all the Hondas and Yamahas were were outside. And, and when I say outside, they had a you know they had a covered shelter area. Well, they've put walls around that, and now they've got the Yamahas and the the Hondas out there, kind of mixed in with some of the used bikes. But they don't um, have a lot of inventory on Honda and Yamaha. They sh- no, they don't. They had some gold wings. They had a CBR 1000 on the Yamahas. They might have had a like a. They had an R1 and MT03 and an MT10. Um, they had a used FJR, and then they had they had a few of like the WR250s and and uh, some of that, but huh. um, not a lot out there. You know um, what's interesting to me is is uh, as I look around at shops, um, everybody's low on inventory on all the mm-hmm. Japanese brands. But right. like if I go to a Triumph store, there's tons of Triumphs yes. available. Yeah. There's tons of Indians available. Right. Yeah. And I had, don't understand yep. why the supply chain is is goofy on all the Japanese stuff. So. I'm not sure either because um, both at, um, you know, I heard a little bit over, heard people at Southbound talking about um, trying to get some more Suzuki's in and, and even um, – uh, at Brothers, just uh, looking around at the the lack of uh, the Hondas and the Yamahas. I, you know, they do have some bikes. Don't get me wrong. They, you know, they do have some bikes there. But if you're looking for a, you know, a ZX6R, you're you're not gonna find it. Yeah. Um, so there's there's definitely some noticeable gaps and some things missing. Uh, that uh, you know, in spite of the fact that they do seem to have quite a bit more inventory than a year ago, it's that there's still some things missing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for giving us an update on those two shops. Yeah, it's um, fun to get in there. Yeah. We're going to take a little break and then we'll be back with some news bites. Support for Soundrider and the Soundrider show is made possible by Adventure Motorsports, Stomish County's largest selection of Yamaha and Suzuki motorcycles, ATVs, quads and UTVs are available in Monroe at Adventure Motorsports. Celebrating a decade of top-rated sales, service, parts, and accessory support, hit the road and visit Adventure Motorsports today. Hello, I'm David Paul. I live in Green Bank, Washington. Um, I ride regularly on a 2006 F650 GS, and my favorite rides are down in the gorge. Hi, this is Don Doherty with All Moto Tire, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Back on the Soundwriter Show, and we got some news bites for you. Uh, you know, I didn't know this was coming. I didn't either. And then all of a sudden, I read all about it. 
So yeah. Washington licensing fees have increased dramatically. Yeah, I do tell because I just renewed a couple of uh, the motorcycle registrations and I didn't notice any difference. So what's coming? So, yeah, so this is effective July 1st of 2022. Um, and, and I'm going to give you some of the samples of this. If, you, if you're going to get a, a new license plate, right, like, you know, your husband yes. just got that T7. Yep. Uh, now, if he bought it now, instead of being $10 just for the plate, it'd be $50. What? If you buy a used bike, you have to get a new plate, and that was $10. Now it's $30. Yeah. Wow, that is a big jump. Uh, if you want to use your original motorcycle plate, so this is like um, if you're doing a uh, – a, you know, a vintage bike that's 30 years or older and you want to use the original plate from it because they'll let yep. you do that. Sure. Uh, you, you won't pay $4 anymore for that. You'll pay 20 That's That's like wow. a 400% increase. Wow. That is a big jump. If you lose your plate and you have to get a new one, it used to be $4. Now it's 12 Oh, my goodness. And that's just the plates. Sure, sure. So then uh, uh, a dealer... A temporary permit. Oh, yep. Used to be fifteen. Now it's forty dollars. Wow! Oh my goodness! You um, know they they sure didn't phase in an increase. This is just a big jump. I know. I know. It's like why don't you just set these things so they move with the rate of inflation? Sure. Uh, but part of this is they're trying to fund a program called Move Ahead Washington. Which uh, is going to invest sixteen point nine million dollars billion, excuse me, sixteen point nine billion over sixteen years on major projects throughout the state. Interesting. Is, is when you buy they... a new bike, the maximum they could charge before for documentation was one hundred and fifty. That's been increased to two hundred now. Wow! Wow! Uh, if you uh, want to check. Hmm. For a stolen vehicle when registering the first time, used to be 15 bucks. Now it's going to be 75 Ooh. Uh, oh, and more Washington State Department of Licensing fees will increase in October. Okay. So you used to pay $32 for your enhanced driver's license. Now okay. it will be 56 Wow. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were talking earlier about taking out a 401k loan. Now you might have to do that just to renew your life. You have to get in your retirement money just to buy a motorcycle now. Jeez. And you got the fuel surcharges now. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, uh, there there are people out there who just have more money than God, you know. Sure. And so uh, for those people – Get one of them to sponsor you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would any of them like to sponsor us who don't have more money than God <laughs> right. so we can have fun too? <laughs> so we can fill our garage with motorcycles. <laughs> but if, if you have more money than God and if you have more time than God, Aprilia has announced that they are going to run their – now they normally run this in Europe, but they're going to run their Touring tour over – here at Turtle Island this okay. October, they will do a tour through Baja. It's a week-long oh, tour. Yeah. Um, you don't get to bring your bike. You have I to was, ride their bike. Yeah, that was my big question is do you get to ride their bikes? Yeah, well, you know, you don't want to bring your own bike into Mexico anyways, do you? I don't know. <laughs> I, You know, I, any opportunity to ride and somebody else's bike I think is fun. <laughs> So the, I'm always up for that. <laughs> the one-week adventure is $3,500. Okay. And I guess you can get on the Aprilia website and find out more if you want to do that. Sure. Is this uh, – must stay in um, – I'm guessing stay in uh, hotels rather than camping kind of deal or – uh, I didn't read the full itinerary. Gotcha. Okay. So okay. I know there's a lot of – you're going through a lot of the different canyons up on the north end of Baja. Okay. So yeah, and I haven't you might been be down doing there, some camping. So. Yeah, I was I was trying to think because uh, yeah, I haven't been down there, but I'm guessing that that there's uh, probably some areas where you're not going to find lodging. All the rattlesnakes and the scorpions will be mm-hmm. waiting for mm-hmm. you at your <laughs> <That's> campsite. <right. laughs> <laughs> 
what else is going on? Uh, oh, so uh, uh, when we ran the uh, rally in the gorge several years, Gary LaPlante came. Yeah, he's been at uh, the Tourotech rally too uh, on occasion. It's yeah. So, anyways, give us an update on Gary. Yeah, so so there's a GoFundMe to help raise some funds for some of his medical bills. He's uh, dealing with some brain cancer, and um, if you go to the GoFundMe site, I checked yesterday. They were they have a goal of twenty five thousand dollars, and they were at twenty thousand one hundred and fifty. So that's pretty um, good. If, yeah, that is a that is nice that they've uh, raised that much. So if if you're interested in that, um, look for the riders for Gary Laplant. Um, on GoFundMe and and uh, make a donation there, and I know it'll help him a lot. And I know uh, you know he's uh, if you know Dirt First and Moto Venture. Yeah, yeah. We are back on the Soundwriter Show, and we got some news bites for you. Uh, you know, I didn't know this was coming. I didn't either. And then all of a sudden, I read all about it. So yeah. Washington licensing fees have increased. So uh, some of the Chinese manufacturers are cutting deals with KTM and Harley. Tell me what you know about that. Yeah, I saw an article in uh, ADV Rider, their e-newsletter, and it's it's a little bit speculative, but uh, they were talking about how uh, you know the the Chinese manufacturers have have been you know, cutting deals with some of the other manufacturers and, uh, you know, the way that works is they're basically trading, uh, technology of those manufacturers for what they have in China, which is the production capacity. And so that's, what's enabling them to, um, you know, get into the market and, and, uh, fill some of those gaps. And, um, it, it sounds like they're, you know, they're working with uh, KTM and Harley Davidson, but it's again, it was a little bit speculative. There were some, you know, some spy shots of some, um, you know, maybe a larger displacement Harley Davidson uh, based model. So I think all of that's still to come, but it sounds like, uh, you know, part of that is, uh, you, you know, they can take advantage of some patents that may have expired or some, you know, some offer that capability for, uh, production that some of the other uh, manufacturers can't uh, can't accommodate. So um, I think we're going to see more Chinese manufactured motorcycles, a greater variety coming, and and uh, that's just something uh, you know to keep an eye out for. Yeah, it's like what we see with the CF Moto stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. that, those dirt bikes kind of dominate the dealers that they're at right now. As you see, there right. again, no no supply chain problem there. Right and and yeah, even at uh, Southbound, they had quite a few of the CF motorbikes in there. So if you know if you want a motorcycle and and you can't find uh, the other manufacturers, you know you're going to find a wider variety and selection and uh, inventory with those. And so if if you want a bike, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know that might be your choice. And the uh, the Benelli stuff that's been coming into the market, starting to hit the U.S. now. Right, you know, like the like Benelli. I, I don't know if it's here yet, but they have like a big, uh, I don't know, a thousand or eleven hundred cc sport touring bike. Okay, yeah, that's gonna like be a competitor for BMW. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, okay. yeah, I, I've only seen a little bit about the Benelli, and I haven't dug into that yet. But uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, it'd be interesting to see that unfold. And the. Chinese have been making parts for Harleys for years, so everybody who's mm-hmm. buying a Harley because they think they're buying American, you know, that uh, that wiring harness wasn't made in America. It was made right. over in China, which I don't, I don't mind. Sure. sure. You know, we have our um, right-angle valve stems that we sell. Oh, yeah. And they're made in China. You know why? Because nobody makes them in America. Right. So if right. you want them, that's how you get them. Right. Right. <laughs> so... But um, who else? Uh, oh, um, Kimco is working with Livewire. Oh, okay. They're sure. working on the manufacturing of the Livewire stuff there. And uh, if you remember back to the days of the introduction of the SV650, uh, that motor was developed by Hyasung. Oh, no kidding. And and most of the and they did most of the production on the motors on the SV motors. Oh, interesting. So. So there's, a, there's lots of Chinese history that is out sure. there. Sure. Yeah, I think we're just going to be seeing more of that. All right. And then uh, Yamaha Champ U. 
Yeah, they're t- they're online. Uh, they're online training program, and I, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. Um, it's it's all online lessons, and uh, they give you some drills to do. But uh, they just announced that they are they are uh, producing certificates. So if you complete that program, you will get a certificate, and you can use that to present to your insurance company for a discount. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. I think, you know, prior to that, you could have completed the program and told your insurance company that you did it and probably they'd believe you. But now you have, you know, a, a, a proof that you did it and a nice certificate. And just a reminder to people, most insurance companies will take your uh, advanced rider course or any any kind of training you do uh, right. and apply it as a discount to your insurance for the next one or two years. Yeah, some of them even do three years. They'll they'll let that sit in on your um, on your account. <laughs> yeah, I do the uh, AAA uh, online class every three years. Oh, I didn't might just count one. that way. Yeah, nice, cool. So, all right, uh, let's take a little break. When we come back, we got a whole bunch of calendar stuff to talk about. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Cascade Motorcycle Safety. Featuring two ranges located in Anacortes and Bellingham, Cascade Motorcycle Safety offers beginner and intermediate rider courses and is certified to test riders for their motorcycle endorsement. For more information, visit their website at Cascade Motorcycle Safety today. Hi, I'm Greg from Goldendale, Washington. Only lived out here a year, but there's all kind of great roads to ride, and I haven't found them all yet. Hi, this is Joanne Gerbing from Gordon's Heated Clothing, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Back on the Soundwriter Show, I'm Tom Marin, the publisher and the founder. And I'm here with Jennifer Poole. Hey, everybody. Writer at large. Uh, just got two more news bites from our friend Derek. Oh, breaking news? Uh, so there's <laughs> up to four-hour construction delays on the Magruder and Lolo roads. The oh, wow. Magruder Corridor is a dirt road. Uh, starting in August, uh, there will be no construction on the weekends. Okay. Okay. That helps. That's a good tip. And, uh, I guess this is sort of a calendar item. Um, American flat track returns to castle rock August 11th through 14th. I saw that too. That's, uh, that's cool. How'd I miss that? I don't know. Well, we'll add it in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making a note. Yeah, um, that's great. Anyways, so uh, uh, the calendar is – if you listen to the show last month, it's going to sound a little redundant to you. But uh, bear with us because for the people who didn't listen to last month's show, it's going to be fresh information. Uh, starting August or July thirty first through the week through the week ending on August sixth is a tulip ride week, and the tulip ride is a little different this year. You're going to go online, sign up, pay your money, and then you're going to get the information on the route. And it's kind of cool because you can just go do it when you want. Sure. Like yep. the only time I have to ride anymore is like between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. So <laughs> when all the deer are out. <laughs> uh, so that's that's happening, and you're doing a good thing for the Seattle Humane Society when you do that. Yeah, great. Um, Wednesday, August 3rd, down in Georgetown, it's the old bike night as we know it also known as the VME monthly meeting. And I, I don't I don't, you know, promote this every month, but this sure. month is an important month to promote it because um unless you're a member of VME, it's it's not easy to get the date for the Isle of Vashon TT. Right. 
Uh, if you know someone who's a member, they would probably know it. Uh, VME is very secretive about the date because they don't want to have Vashon get overrun with motorcyclists. But, of course, they don't mind it on the years when 1,000 people show up and pay. <laughs> but uh, uh, if you go to the meeting, you know, it's nice weather. You're going to see a lot of nice old iron, and you can ask right. around, and someone is going to tell you the dates of the Isle of Ashon TT. Sure. So, um, which brings another point up. And that was that doggone ferry crash over at Fauntleroy the other day. Yeah, yeah, that was intense looking. So even if there's going to be an Isle, well, there's going to be an Isle of Ash on TT, whether it's on April, on August 28th or September 11th, it's going to be one of those two dates because it's always the first Sunday or the Sunday before or the Sunday after Labor Day. Right. So uh, even if there is going to uh, – and there is uh, – there's going to be one. When you know the date, you're going to need to check the ferry website to see if they're going to have the dock down for repairs. Right. So that you know you can get over there. Right. Otherwise, you're going to have to go to Jen's house and then you guys can <laughs> pottle up from her place and take the ferry right. over from – what's that little dock there? Yep. Southworth. Yep. Yeah. You'll be that, – that'll be working. Sure. Yeah, there you go. Or you could uh, buzz on down to Tacoma and uh, come on the island from Point Defiance end. Yeah, unless somebody crashes into that dock this week. Right. But. Oh, my goodness. What a nightmare. <laughs> what a nightmare. Oh, you could get in from – yeah, that's right. You can get in from the Tacoma side too. Sure. sure. So you got two yeah. other options if you can't do it from Fauntleroy. And keep that in mind as well about going home. Will the right. dock be down when you want to go home? You may sure. be going home by way of Tacoma or Southworth. Yeah, and, and no doubt uh, check the schedule because uh, that's probably going to have some modifications to it. So. Yep, and I would be checking that schedule like the night before just to right. be sure they don't decide, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get on there today. Yeah, and even the morning of, because sometimes, you know, if they have a crew shortage or, or something along those lines, sometimes yeah. that doesn't happen or get established until 6 in the morning. Um, and the other, the other issue with the Isle of Ashon is that they don't tell the ferry service what the date is. Mm -hmm. So the ferry service can't line up an extra ferry to take all the bikes over. Sure. So you kind of got to get on that very first ferry of the day. <laughs> and you know what the ferry service does? They call me. Hey, oh. <laughs> do you know when the motorcycle thing is on Ashon? <laughs> sometimes oh, I do and sometimes I don't. Sure. So. Oh, goodness. Anyhow, that's what's yeah. happening there. Yeah. Plan ahead and be prepared to change your plans. Saturday, August 6th, Sixth, you could go and uh, observe trials up at Tomahawk Ridge in Snohomish. Oh, nice. Uh, keep in mind, uh, you know, these are all coming off our calendar here at soundwriter.com backslash calendar. And you can use that calendar to get all the specifics about what time events begin and end and if you can participate, if you can if, – if you can't be an observer, I don't put the event in. So That's – Sure. Yep, that makes sense. Friday through Sunday, August 12th through the 14th, the Washington Gootsy Camper Groups, Campers Group, will be doing their deep forest campout. All right, where's the deep forest? You're going to have to look it up. Ah, ha, ha. Go to the website. Check it out. A good I teaser. I don't think you have to have a Gucci, but you probably better get one anyway. Sure. <laughs> and they're fun. <laughs> <laughs> they're cool. They look cool. Saturday and Sunday, August 13th through the 14th, is going to be trials being held at the Crookshank Reservoir in McCall, Idaho. So, you know, you could do a little deep forest camping in McCall. There you go. Uh, for that one, I would be checking the fire situation. Right. Yeah, that's some of that's picking up a little bit. And uh, Friday through Sunday, August 19th through the 21st, Omra and Wimra racing at the Ridge. 
And I'm going to guess that that Friday is probably a track day. Probably. And there'll probably be a bunch of people running. You ever notice that when you do a track day, there's like three other companies running a track day around your schedule? <laughs> you, you know, I, I feel like the times I've gone out to the ridge, I don't know. I don't know that I've seen more than two in a time out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't typically do track days because I'm just not into going around in circles for five hours. <laughs> you know what? That track at the ridge, though, is a really fun track. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm good with it for about an hour. <laughs> I need to move on. Oh. <laughs> Pay my $300 and move on. There you go. <laughs> you could uh, go down to the little uh, go-kart track that they have, too, there. Uh, Friday through Sunday, August 19th through the 21st, also is going to be the Dream Roll Panhandle. Well, it's the Dream Roll, and it's being held at Panhandle Lake in Shelton, Washington. Now, there's a way to to do two fun things in Shelton at once. Right, and and I have another tip for anybody doing that. There's um, uh, not too far from that location, there is a road. It's it's called well, I don't know. It's either Winooshi Valley Road, or if you on your, on the GPS, it shows up as Winoosh Valley. <laughs> so um, they drop one of the E's at the end. So, yeah. but but the Valley Road through there, um, uh, it's really pretty. So if you're in that area, that might be another nice uh, uh, ride to check out. And if it's been a while since you've ridden the Winooshi Valley Road, uh, that road is all paved all the mm-hmm. way up to Winooshi Lake now. Yes. So yep. um, don't be don't deterred. be uh, deterred thinking that mm-hmm. that's a dirt road. If you're looking yeah. at old maps, it'll show it as a dirt road. Right. No, it's it's uh, it's very pretty through there. And we just uh, we were just on that road, I don't know, maybe a month ago. I've done it both ways. Mm-hmm. I did it when it was dirt, and then oh, yeah? I've done it paved since. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. I like it paved yeah. better. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, really pretty through there. And, and yeah, I think um, the pavement makes it easy <laughs> to enjoy the scenery. Uh, if you want to do some good, uh, Saturday the 20th is going to be the Burn Children's Recovery Foundation Run for Kids. Where's that one? I didn't make – I think it's oh. in Snohomish. Okay, cool. I have to check the calendar because I didn't make a note on that here on my mm-hmm. cheat sheet. All right, lots of teasers. Get to the website. August 21st, the Monkey Butt 300. That's it. 150 miles each way. You're going out to uh, Winthrop, getting some barbecue lunch out there, and then coming back. That's another one, too, where they'll probably have to check the uh, forest fires and make sure everything's okay. Yeah. One year you had to check the weather to see if it wasn't flooding, and it did flood. In fact, the, oh. the road washed out in oh, no. August. Oh, no. Crazy. Crazy. That crazy. is. Oh. I have a little four-footed monster who wants to put an end to the show right now, but I'm not going to let him. <laughs> the cat edition. <laughs> uh, August 27th at the Trev Dealey shop up in Vancouver, B.C. will be their vintage show and shine. Fun. I think I want to go to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's a good excuse for a ride. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. All right. And as I mentioned, it's either August 28th or September 11th will be the Isle of Ashon. And last but certainly not least, uh, for all you armchair guys, uh, August 29th through September 3rd is the International Six Days Enduro being held this year at Le Pou-en-Valais in France. Did you have a pretty good enunciation on that? Yeah, yeah, I was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> on the edge of my seat. How's he going to do that? The thing about the French stuff is that, uh, some of the words don't sound at all like they're spelled. It's kind of like, <laughs> right. like uh, Buenos Dias, you know? That, that, oh, that's right, right. Bienvidos, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know how you say that in mm. French. Well, let's see. Well, yeah, I'd have to work on it for a minute. Uh, do you, have you seen, did you see in the AMA magazine, they've got a really nice 
feature going with uh, the women's team that's going to ISDE, and one of the um, one of the writers is is uh, doing some articles about the preparation that they're going through to get ready for that. So that's a uh, if you get the AMA. Um, well, now you give me reason magazine. to open it up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sitting on my fun. counter in the kitchen. Yeah. I need to read. Yeah, yeah, check that out. It's a really nice uh, feature. Yeah, been, you know, I gotta say, AMA's done a pretty nice job of supporting the ISDE people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll get to that probably in the yeah. next week. Yeah, yeah, it gives you a little a little behind the scenes glimpse at uh, how they're getting ready for that. All right, we're gonna take a little break. When we come back, we got some tips and tricks. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by. Valentine Motorworks, Seattle's independent service shop specializing in BMW motorcycles and beyond. Call or visit them to discuss your next service or restoration project soon. Find them online at valentinemotorworks.com. My name is Dana. I live in Seattle. I ride an R100GS. I like to ride around the Cascades. Hi, this is Ray Crapo from Icon Motorsport. You're listening to The Sound Rider Show. The Soundwriter Show. I'm Tom, the publisher. I'm here with Jen. Hey. And um, we got some tips and tricks. What do you got? Mine is more in the category of trick. Uh, you know the, uh, the the traffic sensors that you see in the road. They're either you know circle shape or square, sometimes rectangle that trigger the traffic lights. I hate those things. <laughs> you do. I love them. <laughs> And here's why. <laughs> I, I use those as an opportunity to uh, practice my writing skills in two, two elements of that. One is line placement and, and getting my tire where exactly where I want it. And then the other one is slow speed. So, um, uh, you, you know, do this. If you do this, then, you know, just make sure you're not going to rear end somebody or somebody's going to rear end you because you're so focused on it. So don't, don't do that. Um, but if you have the capacity and the attention span and the uh, room, um, what I like to do with those is <laughs> is approach them slowly and roll onto them so slowly that that it triggers the light to where I don't have to stop. <laughs> and, oh. and there's a yeah, if, if some of them, you know, the timing works out where you can do that, and some of them, you know, you still end up having to wait. It's it's not enough to trigger it quickly. But there's a couple of lights, particularly in Bremerton, that are perfect in that you can just roll up to them super slowly, hit that trigger, and then just and then the light changes green and you roll on through. And um, so that's that's my trick. And if you want to give that a try, it gives you an opportunity to. Um, to both work on tire placement, um, choosing your line, and also adjusting your speed. <laughs> I use them to practice my waiting, and then I wait, <laughs> and I wait, and I wait some more. Right. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I'm trying to just time those things perfectly to roll on through. <laughs> some cities now have a law where if you if – you, uh, after a certain amount of time or, or after yeah. the, the light cycles and you don't get a green light, you yeah. can go. Do you know I tried to look to that – right. I looked that up. I tried to look that up and I couldn't – I just wasn't getting good info in Washington State on that. And, you know, the best I could find was just, you know, treating it like a, a signal that's not working, which is, you know, you treat it like a four-way stop. And so I – you know, I don't know if that's – the only information that's available in, in that regard in, in Washington state, but uh, I think it's a city by city thing. Okay. Okay. But I could, I could probably guarantee you there are no police officers that are out stationed waiting for you to run a red light on a stuck traffic sensor. Sure. Sure. Or, you know, or to say, Oh wait, you only waited two cycles and not three cycles before you <laughs> proceeded, you know, I, I don't think they're going to, yeah, I don't think that's their biggest worries these days. <sighs> well, I'm getting ready to go do a little motorcycle camping. So, uh, this is great. I, I may have had this tip in the past. I know it's in my book. 
Sure. Um, I do share it when I do uh, seminars and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. uh, pull your tent yeah, out now. <laughs> Set it up and see if all that seam sealant is crackling off. Oh, oh, reseal sure. those seams. Yep. yep. And while you're at it, check your rain gear too. Right. I have like yeah. uh, a Gore-Tex interior on one of my pieces of rain gear. And it's mm-hmm. peeling off. Yeah, I've had that happen too. I hate that. And, you know, I those know. things aren't cheap. That was like a $150 rain yeah. jacket. Yeah. I had a coat once. Have you ever used the spray? There's a spray you can do. Yeah, yeah I've, I've used that once on a coat that wasn't a motorcycle. Uh, motorcycle was just a rain rain jacket. And, and that worked for that one. I think that got me through another couple seasons maybe. I'm really fond of the uh, 3M spray. There's a 3M waterproofing spray that is really good, and it mm-hmm. lasts a long time. Uh, Lee Parks was using it on the luggage that he sold. Oh, cool. Yeah. And yeah. I would notice it. You know, he, he used it on the rain cover, not on the actual luggage. But uh, that rain cover, I never had a problem with that thing leaking. Oh, that's awesome. And the water yeah. just beaded right off it year after year after year. Nice. Now, when you set up your tent and do your in the summertime, and do you take – take the hose to it and see how good of a job you did <laughs> i haven't done that oh yeah, i just but... kind of I, I i reseal it and then i cross my fingers right <laughs> okay well if you want to take that another step further <laughs> well and speaking of swamp cooling or evaporative cooling uh our friend vernon down in hood river he uh he likes to have a teepee outside of his house okay uh, you can imagine he's not like really right in the city Okay. But sure. the other day he was hosing it down so that he could get some swamp cooling going on in the teepee. Uh, oh. <laughs> and I think his teepee was cooler than the house was. Oh, sure. Nice. So. Nice. Because they were like 100 down there last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty toasty. you got to get strategic about how you're going to keep cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our August show. And we will be back in September with uh, more news bites, more calendar, more tips and tricks, more chatter and banter. And until then, I want everybody to ride safe, ride well, and ride often. And stay cool. Yeah. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of mixed media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.